You're a cop, a flatfoot, a bull, a dick, John Law. You're the fuzz, the heat, your poison, your trouble, your bad news. Aerial View with Chris Law. End Times Talk Radio. Friday! 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 760 The pound. NYC.com. You have a podcast? Cool. Oh, yeah, I invented them. All right, son, the party's over. Let's have that grenade. <laughs> Similar to burning rope, alfalfa, or weeds. Yes, ma'am. This is 
state of New Jersey. It has been legalized after a long, long fight. And uh, we're in this weird twilight zone right now here in New Jersey where people are still being arrested for possession and having their balls busted. Although Governor Murphy said something just the other day to stop busting balls. He basically said to the police, stop busting balls, you ball busters. Tonight we're going to talk about New Jersey legal weed and how my dream of opening a store called Weed Hawkin in the town of Weehawken has been dashed because uh, our mayor has said it's never going to happen. It's never going to be a uh, marijuana dispensary. In Weehawken. I tried to get uh, weedhawken.com, but it's it's not available. As you can imagine, somebody was much faster on the uptake than me. It's me, Chris T., here on thehoundnyc.com every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, with another aerial view. And then Sundays at 5 p.m., you get a brand new Hound Howl. Uh, followed, of course, at 5 p.m. by Crashing the Party with Mark and Miriam. The WAP Chop Shop of the Air. You got them doo-wops on vinyl, perhaps? Hmm. Don't forget the uh, Hound t-shirts have been marked down for 2021. Get them while they're hot. Go to thehoundnyc.com slash shop. And uh, order one today because uh, it's supposed to be a grand summertime once this fucking COVID-19 bullshit is over. You keep hearing that normalcy is just around the corner. It really is like living through the Depression. Do you remember that film Paper Moon, Peter Bogdanovich, who oddly enough, I actually met and interviewed. And somewhere there's a picture of me with Peter Bogdanovich. He was even wearing... His ascot. Now, Paper Moon is, is a, a, to me, a brilliant film. One of my all-time favorite movies. I watch it. I re-watch it every now and then. But it's set in the Depression. It's about a, a grifter. Isn't that very American? Played by uh, the underrated Ryan O'Neal. I will not bust Ryan O'Neal's balls because I'm a big fan of Barry Lyndon and Paper Moon. <laughs> so there. And he's just perfect in Paper Moon. That, that film is as close as, as you can get to perfection as far as I'm concerned. From the casting, Madeline Kahn is in it for Christ's sakes. 
Of course, Tatum O'Neal, the youngest person to win an Oscar when she won her Oscar. And uh, in the in the film, there's a scene where she's all happy-go-lucky and she's singing just around the corner. You know, that Depression-era song. I wish I remembered the lyrics. Just around the corner, there's a something in the sky. So let's have another cup of coffee and let's have another piece of pie. What is it in the sky? Just around the corner, what is in the sky? Fuck if I know. Stupid memory. But that's what I keep hearing now. I keep hearing just around the corner. We're going to pull out of this nosedive America has been in ever since Ronald Winston Reagan became president and started dismantling the social safety net and increasing the bitter partisanship that now threatens to sink what was until... 40 years ago, the most noble experiment in democracy, deeply flawed. Let's not go past the uh, treatment of anyone who wasn't white. Let's not just blow past that. That's a big part of uh, America, unfortunately, the founding of. But as you've heard over and over again, you've heard me say and other people say it was always about striving for a more perfect union. No one ever said it was perfect. But it was trying to perfect itself. America! America! <sighs> Just around the corner, there's a mm-mm in the sky. So let's have another cup of coffee and let's have another piece of pie. What's in the sky? Maybe I should open the phones right now. See if anybody knows. It's not like I can Google shit during the show. Number here is 760-422-5528. Yes, this is a live phone-in talk show that has been around in one form or another since 1989. The year after Reagan stopped being president. He was the first uh, president that I took notice of because I was in a punk band, a New York hardcore band at the time, the Nihilistics, and we needed something to sing about. And, you know, we sung about him a couple of times. So he was a piece of garbage. I mean, little did we know the piece of garbage that was going to come down the pike and become president 36 years later. Oh, that's a real piece of garbage, piece of human garbage. Just around the corner, there's a pirate. It can be pirate, right? That doesn't make sense. There's a pirate in the sky. Why would there be a pirate? What is in the sky? What is in the sky? What is in the sky? By the way, uh, tonight's show is called Weed Hawking, and uh, my special guest is going to be uh, Russ Spitkovsky of Guttenberg Arts. He's going to be joining us in uh, just a bit. Let me first take a call here. Someone might know what's just around the corner. What's in the sky, Phil? Let's have another. Uh, what's in the sky? I don't know. I could have looked what it up. Why the hell are you calling me then? I mean, what was, was the point of the call? <laughs> you make me so mad. I'm the one that's throwing the bottles on your lawn, by the way. Every week, I take a plane to <laughs> Portland and I drive past your house. I love your video footage, your video doorbell footage of some douchebag throwing bottles on your lawn for some reason and then speeding off. It's a lot of that's fun. Like, it's a lot of well, that's, my, that's, that's a lot of that's fun. My yes. Your that's brother? my brother and that's in New that's in New Jersey. Oh, course. wait a minute. That that's your brother before. doing that? I thought it was you. Yes. No, oh, no, were you no, sharing no. it on your uh, I, Facebook page? I, Is that what you did? I, Yes. You and I drew, it. and I drew, I specifically drew your attention to it because I know you. Where in New stuff. Jersey is this? Uh, Montclair. Oh, maybe it is me doing it. 
do it. Except I don't own a Toyota Yaris or whatever the hell that Econo box car is. That's uh, <laughs> that gray Econo box car. Yeah, uh, what did your brother do to piss off somebody enough that they're throwing bottles on his lawn? He doesn't know. Yeah, he's very he's very outspoken. He gets he gets self righteous about people doing things that they shouldn't. So it could have been any one of a number of people. <laughs> oh, so like I mean, really? So like people know him in town and they know that he's uh... sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's been in Glenridge, Montclair for over 50 years <laughs> oh wow okay uh well there you go uh, phil i really wish you had yep. looked up this goddamn lyric before well, you look, called me because it, you it, it's gonna drive me crazy I now i knew you could look well you could have looked it up but you didn't, I, I, i'm you doing didn't a do show I, it's not that easy all right it's an irv i know it's an irving berlin song all right i found the lyric let's have another cup of coffee why worry when skies are gray? Why should we complain? Let's laugh at the cloudy day. Let's sing in the rain. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Let's get to the chorus. So let's have another cup of coffee and let's have it. So let's. Oh, yeah. Trouble's just a bubble and the clouds will soon roll by. Here we go. There's a rainbow. Ding, 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 ding. Of course. Of course there's a rainbow. Of course. How stupid. Think of that. How stupid. <laughs> How could I be so stupid? What else would be in the sky? All right, here's your lyrics right here. Let's Just around the corner, there's a rainbow in the sky. So let's have another cup of coffee and let's have another piece of pie. Did you uh, ever see Paper Moon? Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil hung up. All right, the hell with you, Phil. Goodbye, Phil. Let's try Russ. Get him on the blower. And, uh... No, 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 Phil. It's too late. It's too goddamn late. Sorry. I gotta get my guest on the phone. What are you... What are you doing to me? I gotta call up Russ. Come on. Call him already. This thing gotta be such a pain in my mouth! No, 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 no. Don't do that. Hmm, hmm, hmm. All right, I might have to just dial him manually. All right, what the hell? Here we go. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I just can't remember the lyrics to a Irving Berlin song from the 1930s. Written in 1932. Hello? Is that uh, Russ? This is Russ. How are you, Chris? Uh, good. You you always sound like you just woke up when I talk to you. I, Is that? Um, could that be? It's not possible. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know why you keep prying me from the cold, wet earth with this with this show. Uh, is that what you're doing? You're sleeping in a coffin now? Are you, are you going through uh, yeah, that phase? I, I, just, I, I like to keep it traditional, a white sheet. Did you ever see the film Paper Moon by Peter Bogdanovich? By the way, I have. N I have not. Yeah, you should track it down. It's a good movie. From yeah. The, yeah. Uh, black and white from the 1970s. And it's about uh, living through Tell horrible times. Tell me it's got times. subtitles. It sounds awesome already. Uh, it doesn't have subtitles now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, are you? Was that sarcasm? Are you saying you won't watch black no. and white films from the 1970s? No, man. My middle name, Rostislav Sincere Spitkovsky. I told you my middle name. Uh, never, never a sarcastic thought in my head. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. But I'm telling you, it's a good film. Find it. I mean, he made a, a few good films, Peter Bogdanovich. Are you familiar with his work at all? He sounds, he sounds Eastern European. Bogdanovich? So, pro so probably, yeah. I think, I think yeah. Yeah. Any, any one of them. He, uh, yeah. that film, as a matter of fact, 1973, that film. What's and it about, Chris? It's about an hour and a half, two hours. Something like that. It's 102 minutes that. long, and um, it is set in the Depression, and it's based on a novel called Addie Prey, and it's about uh, this uh, grifter that goes around selling uh, Bibles that he never plans to actually print to people, and then he gets mixed up with this uh, kid, and they end up becoming, they end up partnering up and grifting together, and it's just, it's a whole thing. It reminds me of what we're living through now, because... I keep hearing yeah, about... I love, I love a good grift. 
Yeah, well, this is a good grifter movie, and there's not a lot of them. It's kind of a small uh, genre, the grifter movie. Do you know any other grifter films that you'd I like know to discuss? Right? Now? You do. Um, Have yeah. you ever grifted? Uh, okay. I like to I like to grift the mm-hmm. the what are they called? Um, you know, like the the targets and the KFCs and whatnot. The uh, franchise. The, the fast food joint franchises. You like to do it? Pull well, a grift. The fast food is harder than the targets. Okay. You gotta know. You gotta. But the targets. You know, right? The self the self checkout is kind of I well. Think that's I'm sure if probably one Peter, of the most socialist inventions out there. If Peter Bogdanovich was uh, making films now, that's what he'd be making films about. I I read a thing the other day that said you shouldn't use the self serve checkout because it, all it's doing is like shifting the work onto the customer and putting people out of work, namely cashiers. I mean, absolutely. I I feel terrible anytime I use them because it's like one person. You, you know, running eight registers for the price of, you know, minimum wage, which is yeah. awful, which is why it's totally okay to steal from them. You know, I never have any luck with those things. Like, I, it always fucks up when I go through the self-serve, and for whatever reason, the person's got to come over with their card and swipe it. And sometimes the card is on a chain around their neck, and you, you just want to cry real tears for them. And I, 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 I You always... just start crying before you get there. <laughs> you that way they crying. leave you alone. And a That's third right. of what you're what you have in the cart. And the last time it happened, I was I was at a place called Price Chopper, and I'm trying to buy some alcohol because it's New York State, and you can buy like beer and shit in the in the supermarket. It's kind of more civilized that way. Like you don't have to go run to a separate store. So the beer, for whatever reason, she had to come over and swipe her card, and it was taking fucking forever. And I finally, speaking of sarcasm, I just was like, this is so convenient. This is just so convenient. <laughs> and um, I, I think she might have groaned or something like that. It was, it was, there was a whole thing going on where a procedure that might have taken five minutes took like 15 minutes for me just to get out of the store. And, and, and meanwhile, they took away someone's job. Someone doesn't have a job anymore making uh, whatever they would have been making at the price chopper. So. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's, uh, it's like I, I, I heard this interview about interactions and how people perceive interactions now is something that happens on Instagram, you know, kind of like all all these things like, no, we actually have eight registers, but you really have one and you're just inconveniencing everybody and uh, taking everybody's time. You bring up an interesting point, by the way, because there's a lot of studies now that show it's those little interactions that we used to have with people that really make a civilization and make a society. Like when you have a little exchange with the cashier, whether it's about the the weather or the Mets or whatever it might be, it, it, it somehow binds society together. And we don't have that anymore. Like part the self-service checkout is part of the further dissolution of no more in-person contact. Forget the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic certainly has killed all of that, but... Yeah, the idea of, like, having some human interaction. Now they just want you to go up to the fucking self-serve and and, and, te- and check yourself out. Now you got to check yourself out. And maybe you want to go to the cashier, but there's there's 20 cash registers and there's one cashier. So be prepared to wait online a while. I might start doing that. I might just say, to hell with it. I'm going to go wait online. What else? What, oh, 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 where, where, where do I have to be? What, what do I have to do that's so important? I'll just wait online. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what. There's a great Kurt Vonnegut story. I think it's from like one of his last books. It might be in Timequake or something like that. But it's just about how he refuses to have his assistant um, email his stories to the publisher, and how he just loves taking the walk to the post office and like falling in love with the cashier or like a you know or the teller for like a second, and you know. Yeah. Create like all all the cognitive thoughts that kind of run through your head just walking somewhere, you know, that we're kind of deprived of these days. Or I know. When are we going to get back yeah. to normal? What do you think? What do you think is uh, you think people are being optimistic, overly optimistic when they say summer, the summer's going to be cool by September? Or are we going to figure out a way to to fuck this up again? That's my question. I mean, I like like cool how you know what I you know, mean? What's, what's... Well, not fearing death every time you go outside the door. 
Like you're going to meet somebody that's going to kill you. Not intentionally, but they're going to give you to COVID. I just read about a woman who was like 43 years old or something, you know, and she got the COVID and died. So, you know, and if you don't die, maybe it'll screw up your uh, sense of smell for the rest of your life. Maybe it'll inflame your arteries and give you some kind of weird artery disease or you know, this idea that... Yeah, a friend of a friend, a young guy, just had a pacemaker put in uh, from the COVID. See that? It's pretty, pretty messed up. How how young? Uh, that I don't know. I think it's my probably 30s, 40s, something like that, you know? Well, I'm glad uh, you and I met. We met, uh, what, 2015, thereabouts? It's been five or six years now down at Guttenberg Arts. It felt like a lifetime. It feels like, yeah, because you're sick of me already, I know. I get it, guys. I get it. I get it. No. Who could no. be Who could be cool enough for you, man? Nobody. GuttenbergArts.org <laughs> is where you can find Guttenberg Arts. And uh, they're a community arts organization. We're not going to get back to you, though, because we're too cool. Uh, don't yeah, they don't return call. No, they do. They of course they return calls. They're very, uh, they're very responsive people. Uh, and right now, very if you close, go to click. if you go to guttenbergarts.org, they're doing a green urban art mural contest with a five thousand dollar cash prize. Wow, that's that's amazing. Apply by uh, got to apply by April fifteenth. What used to be tax day, they kicked that can down the road. Um, and there's also news there on uh, Gutten High. And uh, Gutten Garden and all of the programs that are going on down there at uh, Guttenberg Arts. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We started, uh, I I think the last time I talked to you, we did a print drive and we raised uh, a bunch of money to do, we raised uh, a bunch of money to do free art classes for the kids in our community. And twice, twice a week, you know, COVID rules and everything with remote learning. And stuff like that. And yesterday, you know, the kids are really stoked on this. And yesterday a mom came by and she was so stoked on the classes and almost with like tears in her eyes, she's telling me how there's no money on uh, this side, you know, this side of Bergen line, you know, and, and it's a lot of kind of first zero generation people that, you know, don't have the time to kind of do anything that isn't free. And I was just biting my tongue, trying not to tell her about how our same town had the funds to send two SWAT teams to my apartment in the last year with no knock warrants. So to, to, to bust your balls, huh? To bust your balls, basically. To bust your balls. They uh, did it to bust I your balls. Little, they wanted, they wanted ball busters. I mean, anytime a SWAT team comes to your house, it's you know. I, I wish I wish you could just take it as as busting balls, but you know. Well, I, I, I mean it. I mean it in the grandest sense that I could possibly yeah. mean it. So yeah, they, yeah. No, I, I I would put it more in like collect overtime. To I, collect I overtime, that. hey, look at you yeah. being all cynical about the motives of the police. <laughs> I don't believe it. Being all cynical about the motives of the police. So. um Let's talk. Yeah, let's, I'd love to talk about these motives. Well, let's do I it because the show's called Weed Hawking, and there is legal weed in New Jersey. And there's uh, articles at NewJersey.com by there? Amanda Hoover, who is a cannabis reporter, and she wrote recently about how the cops were still arresting people even though weed was made legal in New Jersey. And finally, the New Jersey Attorney General had to order an end to all of that, saying basically stop arresting people for uh, amounts under six ounces, essentially stop uh, using the smell of marijuana as a pretext to search a vehicle, stop doing all of these things. So, uh, Which they probably should have stopped a while ago. Well, the police being the police, they, they, to them, this is the thing that drives me crazy about not just the police, but a lot of people I, I used to talk to on the trucking channel and, there's a bright dividing line between legal and illegal. There's no gray area, you know. There's and America used to be there, when I was growing up. There used to be more gray areas about things. It just seems like everything is now it's black and white. And um, so people get obsessed when they hear something's illegal. They illegal. It's illegal. 
And meanwhile, um, we went through how many years in this country when alcohol was illegal, when there was this thing called prohibition. And meanwhile, people consumed alcohol like it was going out of style. They couldn't get it over the border from Canada fast enough for people to drink alcohol. People are always going to want to change their state of being, their mode of consciousness. They're going to want to alter the state that they're in. And whether you stand on top of a hill and spin around until you're dizzy and fall down, or you take some drugs, it's it's all in the same category. It's all a very human thing. Yes, people have addictions, and if you have addictions, then uh, it's probably well, best you know, that you know that and you and you stay away from drugs. But um, now that weed is the, legal, what nineteen uh, states? How many states? Twenty states? Something like that. You know, I I I, I don't know. But here's the thing: is that. Every time this gets brought up, it goes back to addiction, it goes back to getting high and stuff like that. And really what it is is these cops not using their heads, right? And they're wasting the money that could be going to other things. Like, for instance, busting a homeless person and putting them through the system, which costs, you know... God knows how much money for to, to just mistreat a person, you know, rather than giving them housing, you know, or say busting a DVD dealer or somebody for, you know, a dime bag or, you know, yeah. things like that. Like all the, all these things, you know, a card game and somebody in somebody's basement, like writing a ticket to somebody for an open container, like all this bullshit that they do is completely useless. Do you know what I mean? And there's so many of them. And like the fact that this guy, so the reason they brought a SWAT team to my house is because they saw grow lights coming out of my window. And that's because I had plants growing in my window from a community garden that we run at the studio. You know, again, it's like a community service type of thing, a thing worth doing, you know, that's useful to people. Um, Meanwhile, these guys, God knows, at 10.30 at night, you know, summon up 12 goons, 12 LARPers with shotguns, you know, to just go knock down some doors, uh, you know, collect some hours of overtime, uh, bother a judge, you know, lie to a judge, basically, not do any work prior to getting the snow knock warrant, you know. It's it's all all these things, like, all this shit adds up, and it takes money away from children it takes money away from hospitals it takes money you know away from roads and everything infrastructure you know and these guys are just out of control it's a, they they have absolutely well no let's, idea talk what about, doing, let's talk about let's talk about two like, themes you know? let's talk about two themes that are emerging from what you're saying right now the one theme i identify is the disastrous war on drugs that's been going on since I don't know when uh, the late 1960s, the, the 1970s, at least the Nixon administration, billions, probably a trillion dollars or more. I mean, yeah, uh, it really spiked during the Reagan administration. I think that was the just say no shit. The know. latest thinking is that the war on drugs has been a, a disaster, essentially. It hasn't changed behavior. It hasn't done anything except ruin lives, put a lot of black people in jail. Even Joe Biden talked about how the war on drugs has been a disaster. So that's the one theme you're talking about. The other theme I hear emerging is the militarization of the police. Now, this has been going on since the 1990s, as far as I know, when they decided to take all this surplus military equipment and give it to whatever local podunk police force asked for it, so that now a little tiny town has a police force with essentially like armored half-track I mean, these, guys, these guys had a tank in, in my parking lot, you know, like an armored vehicle. They blocked off the whole street, you know what I mean? It's it's insane, and this is for a little bit of weed. Like, even if I was growing weed, you know what I mean? To right. show up with a tank is fucking crazy. Like, it, what am I, El Chapo, you know? like, <laughs> that, like I'm going to start calling you that now. It's El Chapo. That's your it, new it, nickname. It's, it's insane. It's, it's it's like an, it's it's insane that 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 whoever whoever orchestrated this thing like is still still has a badge, still has a gun. Do you know what I mean? Like any other job, if you spend say twelve grand a night and you don't get anything out of it, you would be fired, right? 
any other job like a you know well it's this. interesting you say that because i i would i would be curious to see like because you know what goes on a lot of times and and what went on during the war on drugs is a lot of confiscations and the federal government use not the federal government but you know at the state level i guess sometimes the federal government but using drug possession and drug distribution as a as a pretext to seize everything you own and that included your homes and your cars and whatever assets and then selling them off. So I wonder how much money they made doing that, you know, grabbing that shit from people. Probably well, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's an entire network of vultures that comes in there and buys foreclosed houses and seized, seized cars and, you know. Whatever. Oh, there are websites. There, there are websites you can go to and buy this stuff. You can I'm buy sure drug whole, seizures. It's stuff. a whole industry of getting back to grifting. You know, this is. This uh, there's no like bigger grifter it, you know? than, the, than the government. The government's a big grifter. Um, I, I mean, it's unfortunate because there's only a few, you know, the, you need the you need a strong federal government to do certain things. There are certain things that are so big, like a pandemic, that it can only be addressed by a strong federal government. So I'm not a fan of uh, downsizing the government until you could drown it in the bathtub. I'm a fan of the government being more responsive to the people and doing things to help people instead of hurt people. That's what I'm a fan of. And I do think right. I do think I, I, I think that goes for everybody. Then why do we have this militarized force that's just basically there to punish punish us constantly? I think during I, a I, pandemic. I'm to, gonna you know? I'm gonna hazard a guess because there in most places in this country there is no civilian oversight of the police. Okay, there is no independent board that that takes a look at what the police are doing and decides whether or not what they're doing is legit based on not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. So the police are unaccountable. Now, if you have a good attorney general like we do in New Jersey, who is willing to, to you know stand up to police unions especially and say, you have to stop doing this crap that you're doing, because if any more of these cases cross my desk... I'm not dealing with it. Well, you know? how much longer are they going to be going if any more of this happens? You know, like, I mean, how long have we been hearing this? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've, you know, I've heard the story from a friend that does kind of uh, like prison, you know, uh, prison kind of ad- advocating for people on, on death row and stuff. And they go into these meetings with the co- with the cops where, uh, the council, you know, they're, they're basically laughing at the councilman because they know that because of their union, they're going to be there a lot longer than the guys, you know, reaming them at that moment. You know what I mean? So it's I, like these I, guys are either going to get voted out or move on or fail upward or whatever. And these cops will still be there. You know, I, I, um, I, I, I don't want you to lose hope, though, because I do think that things <laughs> never I, I think things I, I'm just saying that. And by the way, I, you know, I said. Very smart person used to say to me, "Hope is a disease," and I was always like, "What the hell is that supposed to mean?" I thought we were all supposed to be hopeful, but I kind of knew what she meant. She meant, you know, you can't just hope; you have to take action. So, I mean, do, is there anything you can do to improve this situation? Now, obviously, it's a crappy situation, but uh, maybe uh, there's something well, you can I do think, to make it better. I think you know. I think these stories are worth telling. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be making a book about this i mean uh they last year the same kind of thing happened and they also i had an artist from portugal staying with me that they i wasn't home we were actually recording a soundtrack for like an animation by an artist that ended up bringing like a hundred people to hudson county a hundred artists you know right before the pandemic while these guys were like raiding my house you know with with a warrant and detaining an artist from portugal um I forget where I was going with this. Marijuana is the flame. Heroin is the fuse. LSD is the bomb. <laughs> I know where you were going with it. By the way, November 2nd was when New Jerseyans, um, by a two-to-one margin, voted to legalize marijuana. Now, from November 3rd until January 31st, the police in New Jersey issued more than 6,000 charges for minor marijuana mm-hmm. possession. They just want you want nuts. to hear you want to hear something funny. So I open the door in my underwear, and there's like a bunch of SWAT dudes with automatic shotguns. And all I could think of was like, "Did you guys smell a joint or something?" You know, I was I, I kind of made a joke, 
you know? Yes. So these guys wrote me up for being under the influence because I said that. Oh, my God. Where does all this stand, by the way? I mean, is you out of the woods quite yet or no? You, you still have to go uh, I, and... I mean, I think, you know, they never, they never since it just happened, they never did the trial or anything. I think they're not going to try any of these. I think there's a link where you can get all these charges expunged because they're ridiculous. But I'm curious, like, okay, so this, so this guy is really tough on cops and unions. What about this uh, state, you know, this order not to arrest people? And they end up arresting over a thousand people while it's, you know, while everybody thinks that it's legal. Like, where's where's this tough guy? What's going to happen to these cops for running amok for the last two months with this stuff? Um, I mean, I I don't know. That's a good question. I know that uh, these cases are going to be mean, dismissed now, whether or not mm-hmm. the police who uh, decided to, again, forget the spirit of the law they were all about the letter of the law i don't know if they're going to be answerable if there's any of them going to be in danger of losing a job for instance i mean the police losing some, losing some funding would be great right funding would be great yeah i mean this is why mm-hmm. by the way uh I, I don't know where you stand on it but i i thought the phrase defund the police was one of the most ill-advised bits of branding that's come down to pipe I, I, I don't think it's a time. branding issue. Yeah, I think it is. I think I think it is. I, I, I think I'm you gotta to get into I I, I, do, I I'm not into this premise. I don't think it's a branding issue. I think uh they have too much money and they um, could go to other places. I I agree, but I think you have to call it something else. I think you can't use defund okay, whatever you call, you to call it, it too something much else. money. And uh they they can summon a tank and a SWAT team to your house without even doing any kind of work you know yeah so yeah um whatever kind of here's what i would do because it's about defunding the police here's what i would do throw those out the window i don't know i would call it help the police and then i would take their money anyway that's how you grift see that's you can't call the thing the thing anymore you can't be that on the nose you got to call it something else that's by the way, that's what the GOP got. What if got somebody really... starts an organization that's like you got to grift the people that grift the police, hmm. and then somebody starts one that says it three times? I think it's you're really like now you're really them. getting somewhere because you've totally confused <laughs> me, and I don't know what what it is you're trying to do. I think um... exactly. I think defund the police is pretty straightforward, and I think it's. Uh, I think people. Should I'm just saying it, it triggers people. There are people that get triggered. They, they're Good. scared. They need the police good. to protect well, them from Well, this is all. also why I think these stories are so important is because, good, people should be triggered. People should know that these guys can come to your house in the middle of the night with guns, drag you out of bed, and do whatever the hell they want to. They can plant shit on you. They can, you it's, know. It's kind of like being back in Ukraine, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think the difference between the Ukraine and other places and here is that people there understood that it was a police state and then here we have delusions that it's not. So, so here we're actually worse. We're doing worse at it because we, so we've, I think it, yeah, we've I think, deluded yeah, ourselves. Know. We've deluded ourselves into thinking that uh, we have uh, rights. I, I, right, yeah. I hear yeah. you. Yeah, we're deluded. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people immigrate to the U.S. thinking that there's, you know, it's, 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 safe for minorities you know what i mean look at the last four years well i think uh even be i, I mean yeah i'm i think a lot of people hear about america and they think it's a land where justice prevails and then they get here and they find out maybe not maybe it doesn't prevail maybe justice doesn't prevail and uh the we remain we get to the same place though you and i talk and talk and we come to the same place what do we do about it because there's the idea of you know, voicing it and telling stories about it, but then you have to do something about it. So uh, there's organizations out there that are trying to do something about it. They're trying to make the police more accountable, that are trying to reduce uh, incarceration for uh, no reason whatsoever, who are trying to make things more just. So maybe you and I, maybe it's time we join them, Russ, or we give them some money. One of those two. 
What do you yeah, want to they, do? They took it. I mean, they, they already took all my money, man. Oh, that's right. The police took your money. Forget it. <laughs> the first one cost like five grand to get out of, you know? You know, there was a time um, when I used to collect stories about bad cops. Like, I, I mean, literally, I would cut them out of the newspaper. And and I kind of still do that now because I'm always fascinated. Like, when a, there was a cop, I think a New York City cop, matter of fact, just the other day I was reading. Uh, was it New York? It might have been someplace else. Don't quote me. But he was involved in the murder of two people. <laughs> he actually oh, yeah. he actually engineered murder. Like he's a cop and he's getting people murdered. So, but oh, then yeah. I mean that's uh, that doesn't sound really surprising. I'm not trying to surprise <laughs> you. I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah. But but I, I was going to say one of the common things they do when they bust in on a guy like you is they they take your money and they never report yeah. it. You know they never. They, uh... Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually like this last time they came in and they took uh, they took like a, a grinder along with this dime bag that they that they found. Um, and you know, it's like it had sentimental value to me. So I like called them after they finally legalized it for the second time, and I was like, "Hey, man, can I have my my stuff back?" And they're like, "No, it's uh, it was used in a in a case." So you could never have this stuff back. I'm like, but there's no case anymore. Give me my shit back. Yeah, and like, then the no. cop that and took I'm, it is at home yeah. grinding his weed with your grinder. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just like when cops would confiscate your fireworks when you were a kid. You knew damn well those were now the cops' kids' fireworks. Well, that's the thing. Do we really need cops confiscating fireworks? Couldn't couldn't there be somebody else that can confiscate fireworks that can't put you in jail? Do you know what I mean? Well, lots of times they wouldn't even that. put you in jail, though. They would just take your fireworks. They didn't really. Right. They didn't want to do the paperwork. To another, they you know they find fireworks on somebody they don't like. You know, all of a sudden this this dude they find something else on this guy. You know what I mean? But it's, wait a minute, uh, Christie, Chris Christie made fireworks legal in New Jersey, so now you can't even do that. Well, so so see things are really that, looking up. <laughs> things are really looking up. <laughs> You could have your fireworks. You could have your weed now. Um, so, so now what happens when when you want to go get some weed in New Jersey? You got to go down and buy it legally and pay all that tax. I mean, you could always get weed in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, just saying it's not, not hard. It's, yeah. No one said <laughs> you know it was. I mean? No one said it was. Well, huh? It was. No one said it was hard. But now, what do you think it's going to do to the to the not so legal? Uh, marijuana market that's not going to be dented right um I, you know i don't i don't know we gotta we gotta see about this stuff but but again like all all that falls into the robber baron thing that we have going on right now and you know there's one force protecting these guys and they're the police so all the all these things that you're worried about um you know this, yeah. this huge industrial machine that that just gobbles up everything good and makes it into money. Um, all yeah. of, like all those guys, like they're guarded by the police that have tanks. You know, so I I think that's uh, that might be one of the first tactics is to take these toys away, take these larpers, you know, swords away. What is um, a you've used LARPA a couple of times now? I'm gonna admit I don't know what the hell a LARPA is. What oh, is live action role playing. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't do that, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was actually looking into um, like the those uh, the suits, the SWAT suits. You know, they they can get up there, like the full padding and stuff. Like how? Know? Like how much? Like two and a half thousand dollars, I saw one, and I think that's just the top. You don't even get the pants, you know. So, you don't get pants for two thousand dollars. No, I don't think so. Not if you want the good pants. Tactical. Talking with Russ Spitkovsky from Guttenberg Arts, who uh, is a master printer. I mean, and an artist. The work. If you saw the work that Russ did, if you saw the work that he does. Please, it would melt your heart. You'd be begin crying, real tears, just like you were at the self checkout. You're melting my heart. I think you're damn good. I think you're very talented. And uh, I, I really hate the visual of these goons, the goon squad, busting in on you and ruining your night, your morning, or whatever the hell it was. And uh, 
I want to make sure this never happens again. Let's go out and buy a steel-reinforced door for your place. You know, one yeah, of those let's ones. Do it. Let's do it. Well, you know, you know what, man? I put the chain on my door now. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, do they bust your door who, in? Who by the, the fuck way? knows? <laughs> and I, and it's not because I think I'm gonna get robbed. It's because who the fuck knows what these guys want to do? Do you know what I well, mean? Like at, at let me, any moment. Let me ask you a question. We're before... just we're just bugs. Let you me, know what I mean? Well, before we run out of road, let me ask you this question. You've lived in this apartment for how long now? A while. Years. Okay. Um, has uh, has anyone broken in but the police? Like, have you had any robbers? In no. There? no. No. Just the police. <laughs> no. No. I've not. I. You know what, man? Um, and it's kind of. You know, I, I. I'd love to blame New Jersey, but when I lived in Brooklyn, you know, I. I got stopped getting a gyro, and they took out a pocket knife, claimed it was a gravity knife, and I ended up. Spending like 40 hours in central booking over the weekend, you know, and that cost, uh, you know, a grand to get out of because because of a stupid a knife. Did they take Home Depot? Knife. Did they take the knife? Too? Huh? Did they take your knife? Oh, yeah, they, they, they took the knife. They took the knife. Somewhere I like to think your knife and your grinder are like hanging out together. <laughs> Some cop hell. Yeah. It's like smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Walking in a circle. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I had any interaction with police. Actually, the last time I was, it was, I was pulled over for speeding by a New York state trooper. That was my last interaction uh, with the police. I, yeah, I'd love to do a show where people just call in and talk about interactions with the police and see if we can get like one good one. Cause I, I've never heard one. I've never heard of like, I got robbed and they got my stuff back or like, you know. Any anything. I've never heard any of those stories, you know? Yeah. I've, uh, I think in, in college, I, I was at a booze cruise and all these Nazis were about to beat up a black kid and we got in, in into this fight with like six guys. Uh, you know, we, we kind of ended up holding them off and then the police came and they ran off and they got one of the guys' names and like all excited going like, we got these guys, we got these guys. The minute they call this guy and he says he doesn't want to tell him what happened, they're like, oh, we don't have anything. You know what I mean? Like, this, these aren't the good guys. These aren't the guys that can help. Like, uh, I would just, I, yeah, I would just love to hear some other people talking about interactions with these people. Like, I got pulled over for uh, some little thing on my dashboard, you know. I've been, I've been uh, given tickets for jaywalking. Like, what do these guys do? I'd, I'd love to know. They are there to justify their salaries, by and large, and that requires writing summonses and tickets and whatever else they need to to turn you upside down and shake money out of you. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's you know, it's, it's a grift. It's funny, it's man. Like when I when I was there this time, I kind of gave them a little bit of shit, and I was just telling them like, you guys have brains. You don't have to do this shit. You know, like you, yeah. you could use discretion. I bet that First one you a lot of points. thing they tell me is that they can't use discretion because it's a it's a $300,000 fine and like some years in jail, you know? Like they don't have card games in their yeah. in their garages on the weekends or, you know, or do butt stuff, you know, in certain <laughs> states like what? um Wait a minute, what? I don't know exactly. what that I don't know what you mean um, by that, but uh Yeah, they do. Um Yeah, but, they do. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, but yeah, and then the, the, there's one genius there, right, the, that I'm talking to. And he goes, I always say that, you know, if you don't like the laws, you should move to Portland. They, they, you know, the crack is legal in Portland now. So, you know, this this gumshoe that like, what a I, genius. first off, I don't know why he's a gumshoe. He should be leading that place with that, with that kind of reasoning skills. Mm-hmm. He should be like the general or whatever the hell, the grand dragon of the police. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just this guy's reasoning skills that everybody that smokes weed in New Jersey should move to Portland so he can keep writing tickets to justify his fucking useless job. Like, this guy's a gun. You know? Well, I, I just want you to... And a badge. I just want you to always be safe and uh, be, be more alert for um, these people... Who are going around armed? Uh, maybe, maybe be a little more circumspect 
I would be a little more circumspect around them, and I would just keep my trap shut. And it would be yes and no, and I'd like to speak to a lawyer. That's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. You don't need them thinking of you as that troublemaker. So now the next time you're out walking, they're like, there goes that troublemaker. Let's see what he's Have up Have you ever to. seen videos of that lawyer that talks to cops? Mm. It's kind of hilarious. Hmm. No, I got to. Uh, because they're, they're really not used. You know, you're, you're kind of taught. Like, not to give guff to the police anytime you go to, like, you mm-hmm. know. I don't know if you've ever seen those driver ed videos, like how to talk to the police. Yes. And but this guy's a lawyer. Like, he went Thank to law school. Thank you so school. much for taking the time to write me this ticket, officer. <laughs> I really do appreciate you, know? you telling me how fast I was going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, I could have really been hurt um, crossing yeah. the street. Um, but... Uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, it's funny. This this lawyer, I, I forget what the the videos are called, but this lawyer just like talks to the talks down to them, talks to them like he would talk to any other person that would do something like that. Yeah, but he's a lawyer, and, Russ. And That's their, my point. Their he's whole a lawyer. Facade falls apart. Like, yeah, but he's a lawyer. Um, I don't think they're. I don't right. think they're used to that. But I, I, yeah. you know. I mean, with it within within reason, you should be. Able I'm to not stand telling up for you yourself. not to say these things. I'm just telling you to keep your personal safety in mind because they are armed, and most of them are you know bullies from high school, and they would like nothing more than the, to make your life miserable. That's all I'm saying. We're at a road, by the way. I, I do appreciate you being here, and you're right. Thanks we so have to come. You have to come back, and we have to do another show where we ask people to call in. And tell us about their experiences, their interactions with uh, their local cops. That would be lovely. I'd love I would it. do I'd that. Love to hear about some traffic tickets and stuff like that, and just how people get treated by these guys. You know. Yeah, as would I. Let's do it. Thanks, sir. It's always a pleasure when you're here, and you will return hopefully real soon. There goes uh, Russ Pitkowski, who can be found at GuttenbergArts.org. You should get yourself involved with that place if you can, because uh, it's a beautiful community of beautiful people doing beautiful things. And that'll do it for me. Friends, don't forget here on uh, Sundays at 3 p.m., you got the Hound Howl, followed by Crashing the Party, Doo-Wop Chop Shop of the Air, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Mark and Miriam doing their thing. They got those doo-wops on vinyl. The show replays on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Just around the corner, there's a rainbow in the sky. So let's have another cup of coffee, and let's have another piece of pie. Troubles like a bubble, and the clouds will soon roll by. So let's have another cup of coffee, and let's have another piece of pie. Let a smile be your umbrella, or it's just an April shower. Even John B. Rockefeller is looking for the silver lining. Mr. Herbert Hoover says that now's the time to buy. So let's have another cup of coffee and let's have another piece of pie. This show will become a podcast momentarily. You could find it at uh, Amazon Music Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and a bunch of other places as well. Look for Aerial View. I'll be back again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time with an all-new Aerial View here on thehoundnyc.com. Go and buy a Hound t-shirt. Thank you.